Hello, and welcome to the ISTC podcast. My name is James Bartley, and in this special half-hour episode, I'm going to be speaking with Amanda Mayer and Linda Robbins about the UK Technical Communication Awards. Amanda and I both entered the awards this year and were lucky enough to be Merit Award winners, and Linda is both the new president of the ISTC and also head judge of the awards. The recording is from an online conversation where we discussed how we chose what to enter, how we got ourselves ready to enter, and what was involved in the entry process, as well as what happens once the entries are received. While the conversation has been lightly edited for time and audio quality, please be aware that some rustling and other noises may be heard from time to time. Amanda, thank you for coming along and hi. Hi, it's really great to uh, be on the ISTC podcast. Thank you. And Linda, um, thank you for taking the time and, and talking with me today. Hi James, that's a pleasure. It's really good to be able to talk a bit more about the awards. So Amanda, if I start by asking you a question, and the obvious one is how did you find out about the UK Techcom Awards in the first place? Well, the very first time I knew there was an awards process was at the conference. I went to was it a conference in 2016, um, I think, and there was a gala evening on the last evening. And as part of that dinner, there was an awards process where lots of different people came up and, and got different awards. And I was like, oh, I didn't know this was going to be <laughs> this is going to be here. And so, yeah, and that was that was the first time. And I, I didn't for, at any time kind of think, oh, I could have one of those. I just, you know, it was just like, oh, people get awards for the work that they do. How exciting. Um, yeah. So that was the first time. How about you? Uh, yeah, actually, very similar story. So I went to the 2019 conference and uh, I knew there would be presentations and what have you, but I didn't know about the gala dinner sort of side of it. And then when I was there and I met people, and they were like, oh, you've got to come along. It's super great. So I went and got dressed up and, and went to this dinner and, and these awards were discussed and presented and, and people got to go up and, and be applauded. And, and it was like, oh, OK, this is really interesting. This is uh, something I hadn't realised was part of the process. Yeah. And yeah, really, really exciting to kind of see people being recognised for their work in in tech comms. Yeah, yeah, it was really, it was, uh, it surprised me. Linda, if I can ask you a question, then, like the award, mm -hmm. how long have they been around for? Like, what's the history of them? Well, I came into awards in back in two thousand and six. That's my first time of judging, and I've never been off the panel since, and uh, got elevated to head judge eventually as the others faded away. <laughs> I don't know when it first started, but we've had them for many years. It's gone through various iterations. We've always wanted to, as a professional organisation, to recognise examples of you know, industry best practice and the awards was one way to do this. Over the years, we've got somewhat more sophisticated and then back to something more simple. Sometimes we were looking to see how the purpose behind uh, a piece of work, is this promotional, is it technical, then to judge it against those merits. But we ended up then mostly trying to decide if the category the entrant had chosen was exactly the right one or could it fall into another. And so for the last three years, we've been judging the awards on their on their merits against their chosen objectives. Another thing that's quite interesting about the awards over the years that when I first started judging, everything was hard copy and we had something, uh, sometimes things like of scrolls with illustrations and all sorts of different bits of paper would come through the post to the judges. And then 
occasionally initially a CD, but of course now pretty much everything is a here's your URL or a PDF. But essentially what we've been doing over the years has been the same because we're, we're saying we are the UK's home for technical communication professionals. We've got enough expertise to be able to look across uh, the entries that are, are sent to us and um, provide a recognition. And also, of course, it gives us a, a very good idea of what's actually going on, you know, what people are producing. Yeah, I find it interesting that that attempt to categorise some of the work actually <laughs> it, is not straightforward. It became unhelpful. I think it was it was very useful when it was introduced because the judges were saying, you know, this is apples and pears. What am I really doing here and I'm I'm giving this the the winner's award but it's so different from the other so we were we were working towards something that was was really pretty sophisticated and you say okay the entrant knows now this is this is where he's sort of pegged this entry this is what I want it to be judged against this is the class and in many cases it just wasn't a one one category and so that's why I decided it became unhelpful I think we're all very much happier now that we ask the entrants to pitch the entry, tell us what it was for, you know, why they produced it. And this has been very, very good the last three years where we've asked for detailed information from the entrants and uh, we can then judge it against its stated objectives. And it's been a very much more, much more satisfying to be able to say, OK, yeah, that's what it was for. Now let's see how it, you know, do, do we think it achieved it? And it's much easier to come out with some recognitions. Ah, yes, I've got it. They've got it. And uh, so on. Or where we think it's fallen short, perhaps we can, we're able to feed that back in a positive way. Yeah, I, I do remember sort of reading that and thinking that that approach of you're assessed against your own stated objectives was a really mm. interesting way of it was re- refreshing wasn't it it's yeah. like ah oh, you're not you're not comparing me with your idea of what is correct or right you're asking the company what is it you want to get out of doing this project what's your why why are you doing it you know it's, it's a different take and a more relevant one I think Definitely. And it really highlights for me the variety of work that happens in tech comms means that being able to respond to the brief in your in your assessment of it, that made me feel much more able to put my application in, which I might otherwise have been quite hesitant about doing because my application was for a very niche piece of work that I thought, <laughs> oh, maybe this isn't relevant. And... Yes. I, in a similar way, you tend, to, I mean, I tend to think that when I first saw the awards, I thought, oh, this is like, you know, big companies are doing big projects, masses of manuals or, or, you know, something huge. And being a freelancer, I do smaller projects working with smaller companies. And I would have never have thought that the small projects would fit into that big scheme of things. So it being judged on what's it, what does it deliver for this company? What is what is it that they want to get out of it? Uh, made me think oh well actually this is you know that's where you kind of think well this is a big thing for this company and have we achieved it yeah I really I really did like that approach well so the judges have detailed checklists which essentially are assessing it for as well as how it's met its stated objective how it's actually structured the design look and feel and so on when one's doing the checklist and these things have to be answered, you know the budget, you know the scope. And so you'll be judging uh, look and feel against that because, you know, you can get some really superb looking uh, entries. And then you say, well, you see the machine behind it means they could do it. <laughs> yeah, there's a context is king feels like it's very much. Yeah. 
being applied, <laughs> which, is, which is very relevant. Like in TechCom's context is king, and and in the judging of the awards context is king as well. Context is king. Yeah. Very yeah, nice. that certainly fits. So, Amanda, if I can sort of pull it to the application itself, and you are somebody who's gone through that application process this year, what made you choose to actually go ahead and apply, and what was that like? Well, when it came to applying, it was, well, I was I was encouraged, really. When I joined the ISTC, I joined as a student when I was doing my retraining. And then I became a junior member and I got a mentor through the ISTC mentoring scheme. And that was brilliant, really, because my mentor is always challenging me and always encouraging me to do things. And I would talk about some of the work I was doing and asking questions about whether I was doing the right approach and that those kind of issues. And he would say, oh, so now you finish this piece of work, could you do a presentation on it? Or, all oh, right, do you think you could do a communicators article for this? And uh-huh. and I was always going, no, no, no way. <laughs> and of course, he also would say, you know, can you put this forward for an award? And so that, that was kind of going on in the background all the time. But I was tending to shy away from it all. The other encouragement came from the local ISTC group that I meet with, the Thames Valley group, because we would meet every month, usually in a, in a pub after work, and they would often talk about things that were in the magazine or things that happened at conference. And there would often be those kind of conversations like, oh, why wasn't there a talk about this? Or why isn't there an article about that? And we have the conversation, well, maybe one of us should do it. Maybe one of us should present on a particular subject. And that would follow to the awards as well, you know, saying, well, you know, why didn't anybody in my industry ever get an an award? Or why don't you apply for it? So there was always those kind of conversations going on. Whereas, you know, I would not have had those in just a working environment. I wouldn't have had those conversations. It was all came through the ISTC of these other things that you can do. And so it was with that influence. So it was at the back of my mind, I suppose. And then when I did the piece of work and the project with IHASCO, it was only at the end of it, really. Just suddenly, I just suddenly thought, actually, this is a project that I think could go for an award and so that's when that's when I thought oh okay let's investigate this. That's really interesting I'm thinking about my own process as you're talking about the reason that you applied and I was did you, did you find something similar? I my journey was slightly different I the work that I do that not a lot of it would be something I would submit for award partly because it's um very very small independent documentation so I work with knitting and crochet designers and I edit knitting and crochet patterns there's uh, you know a, a particular pattern to submit for award would have to be spectacular in a way that the <laughs> patterns have no call to be there is no you know the uh, yeah but, but is, from it. Is, <laughs> yeah but is that is that not the conversation we were having about thinking that to go for an award it has to be a big sparkly project mm. um and it doesn't it just has to be good for what it is you're quite right actually yes um, yeah i, I think we'll take a pattern. <laughs> I think I would I think I will have to have a think for next year about whether or not there's a there's a particular pattern that I would like to approach the designer and, and say I think we could submit this for for an award because there is some really really well thought out work in that domain and and it's it's not always recognized or that that, that effort wouldn't necessarily be recognized for me the one I did submit was a piece of work of which I was especially proud because it was a big project 
and again that kind of then hints to the thought process behind what got me there this was a book a knitting book about a new methodology and all of this and it was very exciting and I worked on it for about three years with the with wow. um, lady who'd, who'd, who'd written the original work and what have you so that was something I invested a lot of time and a lot of myself into and really wanted to show off I was I, I'm not yeah. shy about showing off my work when I when I when I feel like I, <laughs> I want to so I was like I want I want everyone to know about this and I was telling everyone about it at the time when it launched and telling all my friends and any excuse I can to slip it into a conversation I'll probably you know <laughs> find a way <laughs> to do that this was this was a big it's a very unusually big piece of work for me and I I so then I thought yeah do you know what I this is worth this is I feel very proud of the work we did I think we did a really good job it's worth putting forward for the award but again there's that internal judgment already where I'm, I'm not accounting for the kind of work that I do day to day that actually may well encompass a lot of best practices and be interesting and of interest to others to 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 know about so yeah I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that on board for next year and perhaps you'll see me submit a, a knitting pattern or a crochet pattern next year <laughs> Yeah, I have to make sure yeah. I've got my knitters on the panel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Check it. There's a big crossover, a big crossover between, between knitting and nerds and, and tech comms. It is. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. it doesn't surprise me. The more I've learned about um, the ISTs, the mm. more I, I realise just how uh, how much of a crossover there is. So Amanda, we've talked about choosing a piece of work to submit for the award. But that's only part of the process. What's it like to actually get to a place where you decide you are going to submit something for the award? When it came to applying, I had, you know, that kind of self-doubt moment where you, as, as a technical author, you're producing work and you're presenting it to the client and hoping that you've got it right and you've understood it. And you do that all the time, which is fine. However, producing a piece of work and then presenting it to your peers and judges seemed a much more daunting thing to do. So for me, it was a little bit of a scary moment where I thought, oh, am I really going to do this? Am I going to present my work to these higher echelons? <laughs> and have it judged and I found that uh, it was a little bit scary but it, I, I kind of felt like I had to have a bit of courage and just go for it and how did how did you feel were you quite kind of calm about putting it forward yeah I mean I've never been shy about putting myself or my work <laughs> forward in that sense and and I think that puts me at an, an advantage for feeling confident to submit something but it is interesting then what you had to do for yourself to to allow yourself to submit or to encourage yourself to submit was there anything you had to do to build yourself up to it or was it actually sort of straightforward once you'd made the decision you were going to do it? Not necessarily I because when it came to kind of the process when I decided oh right I, I could put this forward for an award I did in you know I had that kind of mental conversation where you kind of go well I'll pull it forward I don't know if it'll win or if it, you know if it will do well but at least if I put it forward then I'll understand the process and I'll learn from the feedback and whatever happens it'll I'll learn from the experience of doing it so that was my kind of way of saying this is a good thing to do Amanda push yourself forward and give it a go so that was the yeah that was the kind of that's where I kind of got my courage from I suppose that's a really good point as well the the feedback I think was a big incentive that it's sort of in hindsight I'd slightly forgotten about but thinking back at the time I did this work and I'm in I'm in a a, a niche 
market there's there's not a lot of peer professional development work that happens um, which is kind of what brought me to the istc and, and everything in the first place and actually that opportunity to get somebody to really do a almost really a peer review you know, I, I know I was submitting it to people who were very established and very authoritative in the field. But I think I, I really was like, I would actually just like some feedback on this work that I'm doing. And it was a great way to go through yeah. that process, much like you've described sort of from the mentoring side of thing. It was like, OK, I've, I'm really proud of this work. So I think it's 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 something I would like to potentially see win an award. But equally, it would be really interesting to get the feedback, win or not. And it was, it turned out it was useful to kind of get that, uh, in this case, validation of, of the work that I did, but also to see what was noticed by the judges. Oh, and what were they judging? Yeah, exactly. What were they looking for? Yeah. So another, another question about the application process before I then start to quiz Linda a little bit more about what happens after the application has, has taken place. <laughs> the last question I had was, as part of the application process, what did you have to do to actually submit that and, and what was that like? It's a quite a simple process. It's, it's a form that you fill in. So it's a um, you download the form. And then it was a case of answering all the questions. There were, I think, was it about five areas, four or five areas? It was description, production, distribution yeah. and impact, I think. And so it was a case of des uh, describing the project, really, the initial ideas, what actually happened in the production, how you overcame the problems that you uh, you faced, and then how it was completed and then distributed and what the impact was. Because I was working as a freelancer for another company, I was heavily involved in the first two sections of that. But when it came to distribution and impact, I had to then speak to Nathan Pittman, who was the managing director, who's, who was kind of in charge of the project from IHASCO's point of view and he gave me the information about how they decided to distribute it and and what impact they'd seen so I kind of we did the form together as um, in two different sections I was a little unsure about whether I was getting it at the right level and so what I did do is I spoke to um, another tech author um, that you know Liz Liz Gregory oh, yeah. and I asked her if she would kind of give me a little sanity check so if I sent her what I'd done, you know, how I'd filled in the the form and what I'd presented and asked her to have a read of it and send me any comments, she was really helpful because she then, in typical tech author style, stood in the shoes of a judge and said, what am I what am I expecting to see? So she kind of said, well, if I was a judge, I I've not seen anything about this or this or this. And I was like, oh, yeah, I have mentioned that. Oh, you know, so so that was really good. And then I added some more things in that I'd just forgotten about and hadn't hadn't even thought of putting putting in. So that was once it was done, it was just a case of emailing it off. And then it was the for me being less brave and less confident. Um, it was that case of like, right, press the send button. Am I really going to do this? And then I emailed it off. So. Um, so, yeah, it's good. Uh, that's uh, that's brought up a, a, another point of interest from myself and, and, and how other people might have been applying because of course you and I are both freelancers 
and my entry was of a book that I'd edited, but there was the author and she'd also done a lot of tech comms work as a knitting designer and what have you into the book. So I found I had to work out how we were going to make a joint entry because it really was a joint piece of work. And what did that look like? And it was interesting to see for other organizations that entered that may not have been the same because they were perhaps a tech comms company and just the company was entering a project and perhaps there was a, a lead person on it or what have you that was that was named so what was it like for you to approach a client about entering the award <laughs> well yeah I was um I so I had to get in touch with uh, Nathan again to say well you know once the project had done and uh, was done and it was um it was about to go live it was due to go live just at the point when lockdown happened and uh, so everything was a little bit up in the air so things were put on hold while everybody suddenly went home to work and worked out how they were going to work and all that was going on at the same time so it went live in april um but round about the time when it was done and i was having a look at it and i thought you know what this this could go forward for an award so i spoke to nathan and said would you be interested because i had to ask him obviously it's his ah. it's um his product and, uh, and i said would you be interested in putting this forward for an award with uh, isdc and uh, and he was quite excited he uh, they were really happy with it they'd seen that it had made a real difference to their business so they were really proud of it so they were like yes definitely go ahead and, and do it and, uh, and we'll support you so i had to have that conversation with them and it wasn't until i actually kind of downloaded uh, the details of the application for the award that I you know realized that Nathan was going to have to cover some of the areas but yes again he was he was more than happy to do that so that was good this point feels like a good point to bring in Linda as now head judge the the judging process then obviously we have submitted our entries and, and they get sent on hmm. and and then presumably at some point you receive an entry or, or a package of information or, or what does what does that start to look like how does that play out well it's very exciting because we get them all in a bundle so you get all the entries together uh, about a day after the deadline the judges or the head judge uh, to pass on to the other judges will receive the bundle the bundle is the judging guidelines, the comment uh, form for each entry, so the criteria, the checklist uh, against which the entry must be judged, and the entry itself, and we get all the entries. And so the judges then uh, go through a process. This works slightly differently depending on the, the makeup of the panel, but the, the panel can be made up of all council members, or sometimes we have council members and business affiliates. If we take this year, then we had all council members with different backgrounds, so from different different areas of the business and different specialities, so we could come together across the range to do the judging. We've got about, normally about three weeks, uh, two to three weeks to, to go through the judging process. So that, as you can imagine, there's a lot of time and effort goes into working through these entries. The judges have their different ways of doing it, but we would normally give the judges a chance to have an initial assessment and a first pass through uh, through all the entries. And then we would have a conference call just to see how, how we're going, um, any initial findings and so on. And then we would agree to when we can then do our assessment, submit our comments. So we've got a, a common area where we're submitting all our comments and then ideally 
everyone has had a chance to look and then we have our decision making uh, conference essentially we're identifying fundamentally how well the entry met its brief how does it measure up against industry best practice and then what is it going to be useful for us to feed back to the entrant and then is the entry deserving of of an award and then sometimes but not always is there one entry we think will be an overall winner and if that if there is such then we we identify that otherwise we're saying well these are the entries which we think will qualify for an award we would then need to provide in our checklist comments and also additional notes saying what are our reasons for this and then ultimately having made that decision we need to then distill the comments into a summary text which will be both fed back to the entrance and also accompany any publicity associated with the wards but essentially we're wanting to make it a worthwhile experience for the entrance because you know you're talking about feedback the more we can give the more valuable experience it is for you Something we probably haven't spoken about much, but might be useful to talk about now is what are you hoping to get back from it? Well, you're hoping as an entrant to know that it is an example of industry best practice. It is showing in in the quality of the content structure, look and feel and so on, that this is a, a good piece of work. And one one thing that's been very rewarding for the judges, where we've given feedback, entrants have come back in subsequent years with a piece of work which then ticks all the boxes. So they've been encouraged by the feedback. This has been particularly significant where you've got entrants where English isn't the first language. And often it's a case of the use of language, some of the subtleties, which would not be evident to the entrant, but with a few handy pointers and so on, you know, that that can be overcome. So that sort of thing, we've had that come back and the entrants been able to take that on board and implement that. So that means, you know, that, OK, for the, from the point of view of being an award worthy entry, then that's been useful. But more fundamentally, it's been useful for their working lives, you know, the, the, the work they're producing so we're helping to to raise standards that's a fantastic story to kind of realize that that journey has happened you've been able to see it happen in in the entrance there must be a rewarding aspect in there then as part of being a judge Yes, that's that really is tremendous. Yes, it's hard to put into words just just how good that is. It, ah, right. This is this has been a value, and we we can make a difference because it's quite actually a difficult thing to set yourself up as a judge. And I want to make sure that it's a positive experience for the entrance because it would be very disheartening to feel that you were not actually providing something that was uh, useful. We're obviously wanting to do something for the good of the profession as well as a professional organisation to be able to hold up entries as being you know, worthy of award and to be able to have some sense of what is going on in the profession. I think that's one other thing from recent years, how the quality of the entries is going up each year. Ah, that's interesting. Which is, which is very encouraging because one would not necessarily expect it. And one would also say, well, OK, and it could be that our people are, are more hard pressed up against deadlines. You know, they're doing something to timescale and a budget with all sorts of obstacles, no doubt. And yet what is coming through or at least what is coming through to us is a very good standard of work. You said uh, the judges work from a checklist. Does that checklist change every year or does it change depending on uh, where things are going? It doesn't change every year, but we refine it over the years. So uh, we've improved on it, I believe, because uh, well, partly when um, production methods and that sort of thing change, because obviously the nature of the entries is very different from when everything was hard copy. So now it's it's got to take into account the different methods of delivery and, and so on, that sort of thing. So it's updated for that reason. So it's, it's updated, I guess, where the judges have suggested we need to improve it. 
Thank you. Thank you both for coming and talking today. And Amanda, to finish this episode, could you please let everyone know what's coming in January? Next year, we're going to be doing a monthly podcast on behalf of the ISTC. I'm going to be your host and we're going to do about a half an hour podcast every month covering what's happening in the industry or in our profession and interviewing lots of interesting people that work in our profession or are linked to us. So hopefully you will join me every month for the ISTC podcast. See you then.